Welcome to Hot Laps, brought to you by Heat Shield Products. Race testing. Podcast number three. What's up, everybody? Hot Laps Podcast. Hot Laps. Please subscribe, like, leave a review, whatever you're listening on. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, however you're getting it. Your analog device. Please leave. It helps us out. And also, if you want to ask questions, you can email uh, podcast at heatshieldproducts.com or tech at heatshieldproducts.com. Just give us some suggestions on topics you want to hear discussed. All right, so I'm going to, we'll get into the customer questions in a, <clears throat> in a minute here, but just to start off, I got just a quick question for everybody, okay? Uh, this is, topic is remembering the cars we owned. Now this room is kind of interesting because we've had, demolished, and wrecked a bunch of cars, but uh, just Shane, real quick, tell me, uh, describe the car you owned and the one that you missed the most, and what you liked about it, and uh, why I, you got rid of it. Well, I, I think I missed most my um, my Acura Integra that I had when I was like 22, uh, because that thing lived its life at like 7,000 RPM. Yeah, you did, dude. It was <laughs> awesome for, for 90,000 miles, and and when I sold it, it was still it was still running like a clock. Uh, d- not just living at 7,000 RPM, but that thing pulled some G's, dude. I remember going to, what was that, the Salmon House in Mission Beach? Or, oh, shit. Is that what the name of that place was? Yes. And there was that one corner, dude. And oh, I mean, the, the I, one that always floods. It, yeah. And I, I, I believe, I believe the, the limit was, I think it says 40 or something like that. We did 90 around that thing, and we were like, I just remember being sucked in. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what did you get rid of it for? Uh, I, I got a truck because I needed something for uh, for room to back to my bike. Did you think you your motorcycle, right? Yeah. yeah. Something cool like a motorcycle? Yeah. My dirt bike, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Steve? Uh, driven a lot. Yeah. All Fords, of course, because if you don't drive a Ford in my family, you're cut out of the will. <laughs> um, first one was that uh, Grand Marquis, that 85 or 86. Grandma car, grandpa car, that was kind of cool. My favorite was the the one after that that I drove the most or the longest period of time until it was stolen from me when I was up at USC, uh, the 77 F-150. Big black. Yeah, that was that, a great car. That, that the was, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. That, that truck was fun. It got a lot of abuse. Used to hop some really tall, tall curbs. It and, caused a lot of abuse. Yeah, yeah it did. It did. Uh, also had a 71 Mustang that was it was one of the banana Mustangs and um, kind of wish I still had that one just because it's worth a lot of money now yeah. they, you know those things were a pig I never thought they're gonna be worth anything yeah um, but I think if I had to go back and pick one to get back it'd be that the 77 f-150 that was just a just a fun truck good truck looked cool everybody liked it because it was custom color I remember the day my dad picked it up I think that was his first new car, you know, and I remember going over to Red Richie's in Encinitas, California, go, the day to go pick it up, I can still picture it in my head, uh, it was just cool, it was a good good truck, good family, I mean, we used to ride around the back as kids, Right. 
you know, in oh, a yeah. with a camper shell, which is well, not what is allowed in this state, but it certainly wouldn't be allowed now. You know, no seat belts, that kind of crap. It was just fun. Well, I was pretty envious of that truck in high school. That thing was pretty badass. Yeah, it, it was, the nice thing about that truck was because where Chris and I went to high school, parking was a premium. Yeah. But there was a dirt lot, and we both opted to <laughs> park in the dirt lot. Park, donuts, you name it. Uh, yeah, I, I had a shoot ton of cars. Uh, my very first one, and probably the reason I was so envious of that black truck, I had a lifted Chevy Love. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Chevy. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too bad. But uh, I think the one that I missed probably the most, and maybe it's not a good reason for that, but for the the money that I missed out on was I had a 73 Land Cruiser. Yeah, Jeep. the FJ. Yeah, that yeah. was all stock that probably could have put one of my kids through college right now. But yeah. uh, I guess, I don't know, the, the one that I would probably uh, want back was my 95 Bronco. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that one. That too. was lifted and... That thing used to just crawl over everything. But the Suburban was cool until it started smoking. Well, yeah, thank you, Chevy, for the uh, the valve stems. Right. <laughs> uh, that's probably more of a emissions California change. Maybe, the, yeah. you know, I mean, that, that's probably what drove a lot of those things. But that was a cool one. I like that one because it was just it was ugly. Oh yeah, but, brown Texas brown. But that was the best, as you just when they're ugly. I know. I mean, there's something. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have a perfectly done car. Yeah. You know, like a Ferrari or or something like that. Having something like that, but God, then you almost get afraid to go take it anywhere yeah. and park it. Yeah. Especially, nice, especially in California. Yeah, you know, just anywhere, really. You know, because you're too afraid of the donkeys on the road looking at their phones now. Yeah. And but, truth be told, about the suburban, I was not allowed to drive it down the driveway. At Steve's house when I used to pick up his sister to go on a date. Yeah, you so could. Yeah, you couldn't. Park I had to park that. it up on the street. It had to be a Ford in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. But you got to my grandpa high, the founder with my dad. It was the same thing. I think my uncle Peter came over one time in a. Well, they always had, you know, he was the different, rebel, different you know, <laughs> but uh, different upbringing. He had a little more of an upscale lifestyle than you know. We were a little more blue collar. He was. Right. He was. He was so. He would have a few different, uh, I'd say nationalities, because anything other than a Ford was a different nationality when, when Grandpa was alive. So, uh, yeah, but Chris wasn't allowed to pull the Chevy down in the drive, or the or the, uh, or the or the Land Cruiser, or the FJ, or or anything like that. Yeah, that's right. So, my um, Baja Bug. Yeah, that was a cool one too. I like the Baja Bug. I think that was kind of a neat car. That's another yeah. one that's worth a fortune yeah. now. You know, I mean, they're obviously worth more stock, but. Right. Still, there it's just it's just incre- insane. I think I bought that car for eleven hundred bucks. Yeah, and, and you know it's kind of neat. I think both about that FJ and the uh, and like the bugs, the buses, those types of things. Is it's, it's always been American cars that have gone up in value, but those are the ones in the recent years that have really skyrocketed. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, God, I wish I had gone around and bought every nine twelve air cooled Porsche. I mean, they were giving those things away seven or eight I years know. ago. Oh, now they're with the fortune. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Hey, live and learn. 914 Porsches, remember those? Yeah. yeah. Poor man's Porsche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that when they were dropping the like the 350s and stuff or whatever in those. Man, those things had to fly. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the monster Miata before there was a monster Miata. Yeah. yeah. You know? 
All right, last question, and then we'll get into some questions from the uh, from the viewers and, and our customers. Shane, if you had to drive one car for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, maybe a... Uh, that's a hard one. Um, I'd say a Land Cruiser. A Land Cruiser what? A Land Cruiser what? Uh, like what generation? Uh, the newest generation. New one? Yeah. I'd take a Raptor just because I would want off-road, but the thing that would kill me is not being able to go fast. So I couldn't take anything slow like a Land Cruiser. I, I got to be able to go WFO. They're, they're no slouch. I hey, think for I, hey, I can take a Land Cruiser su- in, supercharged, in my Super Duty. Power. I can take a Land Cruiser in my Super Duty. Uh, isn't there a uh, Raptor Super Duty coming out? Yeah, I wouldn't want that. I'd, just, I'd take the Raptor. Dude, if you were going to gonna commit a crime if today, yeah. like... This is the way I look at it. If you had to get away in a hurry, you know, not not the when the poop hits the fan vehicle, but if you had to get away in a hurry, it's a Raptor. You can go on-road, off-road. Cops aren't going to catch you. And it's super quick. And it, they haul bananas. That, that's what you'd take. Yeah. You know, it may not pass a gas station, but you could get, get up at least away, maybe buy yourself a time to fill up and then get away again. Right. I think for me it would be uh, the diesel excursion. Oh yeah, that would be cool. I'd like, like that. That's one. kind the of the holy unicorn. grail. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would like a. Uh, I'd like to get a six, a six liter. I know the one that's so taboo, but do all the bulletproof diesel stuff to it. Those things will go for two or three hundred thousand miles easy. Yeah, four wheel drive diesel excursion. I think is the with the Titan fuel tank in it, so you can go oh, yeah. For, yeah, go to here to and uh, here to Utah without filling up. Yep, that's the that'd be the way to do it. All right. Thank you for all that. Uh, let's check out a few questions. I am Shields. That is. Uh, are we doing tech time now? Uh, yeah. Or are we just discussing products? Yeah, I just I wanted to just kind of do a product highlight. Do a product highlight and and actually a quiz. Product highlight, bam. And the quiz. Our IM shields. Does anybody know how many we actually make currently? Oh, either of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane does most of the patterns, so he he, but he probably doesn't. <laughs> Poor guy, he's been overwhelmed with it. I'm just gonna throw a number out there and say. 12. Oh, very close. 13. God, that was I didn't get a guess, so you just oh, shot sorry. me down. Sorry, sorry. Uh, actually, Shane, I was going to say 12, too. That was okay, so yeah. Great yeah. Actually, away. that Subaru one is probably going to get discontinued, so it will be 12, just because we don't sell them. Winner. Which is crazy. I don't know why those guys, especially. Anything yeah, like a Boxer so or a V-Motor, my gosh. So, the IM Shield, I mean, we really kind of push it as a cheap way to get rear-wheel horsepower, but Steve, can you elaborate a little bit more? on why you would want to do that and maybe just some of the stuff that you've seen that we've researched and and what how it worked one of uh i think a bit like the biggest advocate for this um in in currently anyway for the the concept behind this would be gail banks and his mad manifold air density that's essentially is what you're doing um, much like the guys in the old days when they used to put ice on their uh, intake manifolds and their drag racing until they decided, you know, maybe spilling water all over the track isn't maybe such a good idea. <laughs> maybe that's another reason why there's 
uh, fewer severe accidents now. There's less of that kind of shenanigans going on. But basically is what it is. It's essentially like why do you put an intercooler on a supercharger or a turbo? You're trying to increase the air density. Um, of course, the turbo in a supercharger, the compressor, it's kind of like a Santa Ana mm -hmm. out here where yeah. the air compresses and it gets hot. So that's a, a big reason why they why they do that. But um, a lot of these car aftermarket uh, air intake companies, you know, they tout it as a cold air intake, which I haven't seen any one of them offer an actual heat shield to lower the air intake. Some of them actually just flow more hot air. Yeah, because they're taking it off in the engine bay. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely want to, if you're looking for cold, going off on a tangent here, if you want to get a cold air intake, look for one that's taking it from a... Uh, pickup on the front of the car or maybe the yeah. stock OEM pickup location because yeah. OEMs know that hey this is critical to fuel mileage performance between the fender that kind of thing flowing yeah flowing more hot air is not it's not better than flowing less cold air from a from a factory or stock yeah. uh, pickup but the idea behind the intake manifold shield is as you're traveling down the road, or a lot of times if you're racing, or even if you're just like driving in traffic, stop, driving in traffic, stop. So your, your motor, your engine, again, this works on a V configured motor, so anything with a V or a boxer. Uh, rotaries, I don't know what the new one's gonna be like, but the rotary motors too. The intake manifold, it, ri it sits right above the engine. Heat rises, you know? Um, that's why everybody wants to be on the bottom bunk when you're had a bunch of chili in the cabin, you know, yeah. skiing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you want to be on the bottom bunk because the hot air rises. The guy on the top there is going to be choking in the middle of the night. Um, so it's the same principle applies. You're, you're trying to prevent that heat from saturating the manifold. You know, it's, it's a harebrained idea I had way, way back when. If I had half a brain back then or had the means I would have you know done a test on my old 66 Mustang and the original one was just basically some of the aluminized glass cloth we made but you know as technology improves and escalates excuse me I didn't do a church style I need to silence my phone everybody do that if you haven't done that yet <coughs> um, done. anyway so the idea is to keep the heat out of the intake manifold. What does that do? Well, that allows the air to be cooler, which allows you, which gives you a more dense charge. More, more dense oxygen or air um, allows you to throw more fuel at it, which creates a more powerful, more efficient explosion in your engine bay. Um, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do it, like trying to keep your fuel cool, your air cool, everything and, and they all work together these are like truly the little hidden ways to find horsepower to help um, help your car help you get an advantage on the competition or even just cruising down the road it can really make a difference I'll tell you the people up in altitude you know um, Colorado up in the you know up in Denver and in, in large cities like that or even small towns you know it doesn't matter anytime you're up in altitude keeping your ear that charge as cool as you can really helps them out because they're really starving for it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's a big deal. That's the science behind it. Is your, is your it's essentially an intercooler for your intake manifold. It'll work on a non-boosted application absolutely. Um, in fact, one of them initially the the first dyno was 13 at the wheels, and that was a guy single turbo Coyote 
Paul's Automotive Engineering in Illinois, and then we had some um, naturally aspirated stuff, which was really gaped by anti-venom down in Florida. The one that we have documented was 17 at the wheels. The one I never got the dyno graph for is where they said, uh, that was on a stock C5, or mostly stock mm -hmm. C5, stock bottom end, headers, cold air intake, and then he put the intake, you know, the, the charge on, or the IM shield on there. The one I never got the dyno graph on was the Camaro where they said they picked up 20. So, but that's not one we really try to tout. We just say up to, up to you know, up to 18. It was 17 and a half at the wheels. Right. To go back on my question to you guys, uh, we actually do have 12 because one of them is the universal kit. Right. So the universal kit, I mean, we have them for Mustang GT, the mm -hmm. Boss 302, the Cobra Jet, LS, Coyote. We got all kinds of different things. LT4, LS7, LS3, yeah. But if you do not, if we don't have the size, tell me about the universal kit. Uh, Universal Kit, Shane's probably a little bit better at that just as far as installing it would go because he's had more experience with it. But again, the idea is um, we're, we're limited by two things. Number one, we always try to go after the most popular, like what sells the most. Right. Absolutely. And number two, for us, it's a little strange. Like I would have thought we would have had at least one Mopar guy around us. I'd love to do some Hemi ones, but mm -hmm. we just don't have access to the manifolds, and you know we're just not going to go out and buy a bunch of manifolds to to do stuff for. But um, yeah, so send, yeah, send us your manifolds. Yeah, yeah. We'll if you want one, and make one. Yeah, yeah. If you got downtime, we'll give you a free one. Yeah. Um. So basically, the idea behind the kit is you know the, it's really easy. It looks intimidating. It's a, it's you know. Same base material as a sticky shield. We just package it differently. It comes with more tape. You know, people ask, well, why is it more expensive? Well, there's more edging tape in the universal sure. kit, which is what you need. Because mm -hmm. some applications, you get away with a nice big flat panel. Some applications, you got to cut things for the runners because you've got so many um, different different surfaces there. So the idea behind the universal kit is you, can, you put it on anything. The big trick is don't try to skip it over a bunch of... Um, like a bunch of irregular surfaces. surfaces. Yeah. yeah, surface irregularity. That's that's it. Yeah, exactly. Is what you you want to do is you want to get as much contact as you can. So think of like um, think of like a, a gravel road and you know a pavement. There's more contact points on pavement, like when your tire goes over, it, versus a gravel road where you got all those little dips and you know little valleys and things like that. So think of the uh, adhesive film. It's a flat surface, kind of like your tire, like a street tire. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking an off-road tire. That's obviously a little bit different, but I'm talking street tire. Um, you get much more contact on uh, a paved surface versus like a gravel road. And that's what you're trying to avoid with that. You want to get as much flat surface contact. Another thing it doesn't like is a lot of like real hard or multiple bends. So anytime you got a bend, make a cut, make a strip, make a yeah, angle, make a triangle, make a circle, really, you know, yeah. make a trapezoid, uh, and then use the edging tape around there. That, that's why, it, it, again, that's why it includes so much more edging tape than, say, a standard sure. sticky shield kit, is it the edging tape helps. Yeah. And Shane, you would say definitely mess with a few patterns with paper or... Cardboard yeah, or something yeah, like that. before you try to lay it down. Yeah, cardboard's probably the best, I think, is it uh, like thin light cord cardboard. Like card stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be good. Or, or cardboard, because that's kind of like a thin cardboard, um, just because it, that's kind of the most 
I guess, uh, closest thing performance-wise when it comes to bending and folding it. Yeah. You know, you can see where it's going to crease up and, and that kind of thing. Cool. Well, that was the IM Shield. Uh, product Spotlight. Yeah, Product Spotlight. You can check it out on our website. The other thing is YouTube's got uh, a bunch of videos that show Shane installing. Um, yeah. Those. So if you had questions, you can always refer to that. It's time to answer those burning questions. It's tech time here on Hot Laps. All right, so let's uh, let's have a few questions here. Tech time. Uh, let's see. This one comes up a lot. What product would you recommend for keeping the temps away from my car? Uh, under a catalytic converter. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a loaded question there. That, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways to answer that. So one of the big things that um, I guess is confusing to people is you know do I use an insulator which goes on the exhaust or do I use a heat shield barrier which would shield heat away. So almost as critical as which material you use to shield heat away is going to be the air gap. So the distance between the floor pan and the catalytic converter. That's a big variable. That's a, and that's and that's a huge variable. So we you know the standard ASTM testing is one inch away and rating for reflectivity. You know, we've got three products that'll do over 90%. The one that's just the absolute best, so if you're going to stick something up under your floor pan, is the sticky shield. That'll that'll exceed 95%, you know, uh, or 90, I'm sorry, 90% of uh, rating heat all day long according to that ASTM standard. Now, if you have less than an inch, it can, it can change significantly. So if you're trying to use say like the heat shield mat or the thermoflex cloth or even like the heavy duty lava shield under there those products in particular they, they can see you know lava shields more like an 80 percent whereas the thermoflex cloth is is right there as far as re reflectivity goes at that one inch thing um, with the sticky shield you know those those could all get cut down to 30 percent because you know having a lack of airflow having a shorter distance between the heat source can really change those numbers. So if you got less than, I mean, if you had a half an inch of clearance is what I would do if it were me, I would take the heat shield armor mm -hmm. and I would cover that top half of the cat. Because at that point, all you can do is you're just gonna try to keep the heat, you do not wrap the whole cat because you'll shorten the life of it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're designed to get, to get hot, but not be overcooked. Right. You're just redirecting it. Yeah, so it's exactly. You're, you're just trying to control which direction the heat's going. Get a lot of questions about sleeving and sizes. OD versus ID. A lot of that comes down like on, on fuel lines yeah. as well. Especially AN. Yeah, can you uh, just give us a quick insight on when you're picking a sleeve from Heat Shield, what you should look for? And maybe somebody can throw in a little bit about the wrench trick. Yeah, I like that one. So, especially for guys using, um, you know, AN sleeving, you know, hey, I've got a dash six line. Well, 
Okay, AN is actually referring to the inside diameter. That's the standard, not the outside diameter. So they fluctuate. They fluctuate. Yeah. Different manufacturers will have different outside diameters. Now, dash six, I think usually almost 99% of the time you can get away with a three-quarter inch sleeve. We do offer a AN calculator, so you can kind of on the website there. Nice. But we always say double check. Check your outside diameter. Every, every sleeve we have, the nominal, so if it says it's half inch, so when the sleeve is resting nominal, nominally, you know, that's what we call a nominal measurement, it's a half inch ID. Uh, if it's one of the Velcro sleeves, or I'm sorry, with the hook and loop closure, not Velcro, you have some adjustment there. You can make it go a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller. If it's the hot rod sleeve, um, that's like a Chinese finger trap, so you can kind of expand. A sh if you shorten the length of the sleeve, it increases the diameter. If you stretch the length of the sleeve, it'll decrease the diameter. That's kind of how it's able to get over fittings in, in those types of things. But yeah, so if you're totally unsure, you don't have a set of calipers, and hell, I mean, we've got caliper here. I still like the go grab a wrench. Wrench trick. Yeah, go yeah. grab a, a like a three-quarter inch, half inch. We do everything in American sizes here, you know. Um, you just slide it over there. If it's super loose, grab one that's so if the three-quarter super loose. Go grab a, you know, a half or, or grab... You know, whatever you got, slide it on there, get your in, your your diameter, and that's the size sleeve you need to order. So if you get something and it's coming up at three-quarter inch, hey, that three-quarter inch sleeve, that's the one to order. If you're at, you know, 916, 5'8", something like that, a little bit bigger, depending on which sleeve you're getting, you may need to step up to that one inch. If you're getting the Velcro one, you probably got enough room. Right. Uh, another thing, too, with the sleeving, it can be loose, so if the sleeve is loose on the, the, the line or the hose or whatever, that's totally cool. You just need to make sure those ends are snug so the heat isn't going in behind there. Because yeah, that'll just trap heat yeah. to yeah. behind you're trying yeah. to protect I mean, ideally, snug on the, on the whatever it is, the fuel line, metal line, power steering line, whatever. Snug is better, but if it's loose, that's okay. Just make sure the ends are nice and secured. Yeah, we stick. We put a uh, shrinks in the hot rod sleeve, yeah. the fire sleeve, and you know those help out. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And I will mention again, YouTube. We, I mean, we install sleeve all the time. Yeah. So if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, just subscribe to the channel and watch some of those videos. All right. Next question. Uh, this one comes up a lot. HP boot. Uh, will the HP boot keep my plug wire from burning even if it is hitting the pipe? 90% of the time, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's that's an easy one. Sometimes the heat is so great, uh, especially off of uh, like emission controlled car or, or really finely tuned cars. A lot of these guys, you know, mostly drag racers. They know what they're doing. You know, they're trying to get as much, they're constantly squeezing and, and messing with the air fuel mixtures. I mean, among a lot of other things that they do, it's it's above my pay grade as, as far as some of that stuff. I know some basics, but I don't, you know, I'm gonna claim to know anything. The, the leaner the exhaust is, the hotter, I'm sorry, the leaner the fuel charge is, the hotter the exhaust is gonna be. So sometimes, 
be because the header is so close or sometimes the exhaust is so hot the standard like either lava or fiberglass boots aren't going to work but you know about 99 percent of the time the hp boots do they're expensive mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna you know it, it's not gonna be cheap it's not pretty right. but they'll work but it's a fix yeah but it's a fix Alright, next I have a carbon fiber hood I'm going to install on my Camaro. Can you advise which product would be appropriate to insulate the underside of the heat of my engine bay, from the heat of my engine bay? Yeah, Uh, again, Sticky Shield is the alpha. That's the pinnacle as far as reflectivity goes. (coughs) The big thing with a carbon hood or a fiberglass hood, we always say, you know, not recommended for unfinished carbon or fiberglass. And it doesn't mean the gel coat has to be shiny. It just means it has to be smooth. It happens less, way less often in, in carbon, but there's some you know, Chinese stuff out there that is, is, is suspect. But you know, mostly referring to fiberglass when the, kind of going back to the whole tire. Sure. Tire on, you know, street tire, drag radial on say pavement versus a gravel road. It's okay if it's not a glossy gel coat or anything. As long as that surface is smooth, even just like little, little tiny, you know, you can feel it and it's consistent. You know, there might be bumps, but it's, but it's consistent. But the ones where the, the fibers are sticking way up and way down, man, it's, you either have to somehow try to find a way to smooth that out, sand it down, and then you can use a peel and stick, but unless it's smooth. So... Getting back to the original question, Sticky Shield is number one. A lot of people don't like it because it's in your face, bright right. and shiny, especially guys with the carbon fiber hood. If it were me, and it's what I'm going to do on my carbon fiber hood, I'm going to put the lava shield on it, the thick one, the .032, the, the thicker one, and, and use that on there um, to give it a really cool finish. Yeah. Uh, like when you cut it, sharp knife, like Shane always likes to do in the videos, and he's right, always use a sharp knife. Or sharp scissors and then um, you can do two things you can use like some clear engine paint on the ends to prevent fraying or um, super glue yeah and I think is that it we're done yeah we got I think we got time for one more that puts us in our time let me find a good one How are you feeling on moto questions? We haven't done a moto question. Yeah, I'm good and with we that. We get moto questions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that's... Uh, yeah, it's mostly, we mostly always car. cars and trucks. Yeah. Well, because cars are what we, we love. Yeah. I mean, we can do some kitchen... We got we get a lot of kitchen questions, yeah, that's true. barbecue questions, those types of things, too. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moto question. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on an OEM metal heat shield on exhaust pipes? Can I wrap my exhaust pipe, then replace the metal heat shield? Yes. A lot of people want to do that. Yeah, just for, like for the look. It might be a cool Yeah, for the look. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if you're using an exhaust wrap, right? Exhaust wrap is wonderful, but it's a textile. So what is it not like? Abrasion. So if you're on there with your foot, right. shifting the clutch, brake, you know, back and forth, whatever, uh, especially on a motorcycle. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that shield could help. Yeah, it, that. yeah, it, it'll, it'll, you know, and then if you're ever riding around in shorts or something, you know, your leg won't get itchy. Yeah. So absolutely, wrap it up and then and then throw the throw the factory shield over there. 
the problem with those metal factory heat shields, and it's not just motorcycle, a lot of car OEMs do this. They take hot exhaust, take metal, bolt, bolt, bolt metal to hot metal. Yeah. And is what happens is that is great for the first, I don't know. For the, for the first five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then after that, it just conducts heat. The yeah. metal conducts through metal. And uh, oh, you just get a hot heat shield. Yeah. Is it cooler than touching the pipe? You betcha, you know. Yeah. Uh, Still going to get burned. Though. Yeah. It, instead Perfect. of maybe leaving flesh on the pipe, you're going to get a huge blister. You're going to get branded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to get branded. There you go. That's the best way to put it. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you know, they just don't create a thermal break. There's no thermal break. Nothing to decouple the thermal energy from transferring from one, uh, one alloy mm-hmm. to another. So if you're a moto guy out there and you have these cool, I don't know, some bikes have those cool metal heat shields. Yeah, most, mostly Harleys, you yeah. know, or even like carbon, there's some cool carbon fiber ones on some of these things. And carbon itself is an amazing insulator, the, the fiber itself. Problem is, as soon as you start adding resins and stuff to it, man, it just totally, it loses everything. Right. And you're bound to the properties of the resin and no longer the carbon. So you can wrap that and then just replace that metal heat shield. But again, I think the call out here is hot metal touching cool metal doesn't make it cool for a long time. Yeah. Or for... Yeah, it, it heats it up. It's, yeah. it's just like, it, you know, the best way to think of it is like take a cookie sheet. When you grab it, the oven's hot. You throw it in the oven. It's cool. Yeah. You go in there. I mean, after a minute... You want to grab a mitt, dude. You yeah. don't want to touch the cookie sheet. And that's all you're doing. You're just getting hot metal touching hot metal. Yeah. And it's warming up. All right, so that's it for number three. That's it for number yeah. three. Thank you for watch, or listening or, and, and watching. And watching. Yes, yes. So again, please like, subscribe, leave a review, leave comments. Yeah, we like comments. A, good or comments bad. Good. Yeah, good or yeah, bad. Good, good or bad. We, uh, if you want to see us talk about certain topics, yeah. we'll take it. And uh, we're going to try to get some guests in here real soon for you, too. Yep, that's it. Might be phone-in, but that's how it goes in. That'll do it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. From everyone at Heat Shield Products, we thank you for listening to Hot Laps. Leave that review, subscribe, tell a friend, and most of all, stay cool. We'll see you next time right here on Hot Laps. Hot Laps.